You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Say hello to my little friend. To infinity and beyond. Like tears in rain. On Wednesdays we wear pink. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Tears looking at you, kid. You talking to me? You're gonna need a bigger boat. You'll always have Paris. Hello and welcome to the first of four special bonus editions of Films and Friends and if you haven't guessed from the uh, Christmas bells that I've uh, delicately edited into the title sequence this is our Christmas episode. I am joined as ever by Tobias. Merry Christmas everyone. And we are joined still by Jack. Have a festive Christmas. So Jack has <laughs> been sitting in the studio since he recorded his episode uh, all the way been through a long Christmas. Time. All the way through, yeah. Yeah, he's been starved. Um, yeah, and for weeks he now. Has been able, yeah, even weeks. allowed to go to the bathroom. This is this is a <laughs> yeah. nightmare. At least I came to the first one in my Christmas jumper already. Uh, See, you, you're you're ready to suffer. Yeah. See. So yeah, so you should hopefully, if um, the upload system works right, you should be listening to this on Christmas Eve. So I hope whoever you were hoping for to win the election won the election. Um, hopefully, something, someone left wing. We can edit it in for each individual. Big Ben listener. exploded. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if anything really bad happens since then, this doesn't go up because there's been some kind of nuclear war. I'm sorry. Well, I guess what we can do is we can um, let's download this, compress it, stick it on a floppy disk, and bury it somewhere on campus. So years later, when they're digging through the rubble. They will find it, and we could just have it as like lost, you know, the lost files, the lost tapes. Yeah. When the lost surviving tapes. cockroaches have developed intelligence, and they can listen to podcasts now, like r- refined species. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine a little cockroach with like a little glass of wine. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> See, yeah, podcasts talking. are what truly separates uh, people from the animals. That's mm. the that's the difference, though. So to sort of take it from that very, very dark place back towards Christmas, I think the best way to start it is just to literally talk about our favourite Christmas films. And I think uh, as we, me and you have both written about this uh, last week, I think uh, we should probably go first. So what's your favourite Christmas film, Tobias? So my favourite Christmas film ties into the fact that I have a love-hate relationship with Christmas. Uh, makes me a bit anxious. Uh, I hate the way this mob mentality takes over uh, just people in general and you go into town and it's a nightmare people are shoving people lose their manners and it becomes a hellhole that is kind of what a jingle all the way is about so jingle all the way <laughs> is a i can't remember the year of the film but um it's with arnold schwarzenegger and basically it's um a story of a hard-working guy who doesn't have time for his family, and his son wants uh, this, I can't remember the name of the superhero either, this is terrible, but he wants this superhero action figure, and Arnie realises that his family's falling apart, his wife's about to leave him, his kid is, you know, just just distant and and wants and needs this male role model. So he says, you know what, I'm going to save Christmas, I'm going to buy my son this doll. So he embarks on a journey through town to buy this action figure, and, yeah, I relate to him on a spiritual level. I mean, the, <laughs> the, the fact that he gets just so angry at crowds and then gets lost and then gets enticed to buy stuff he doesn't want to buy and then he has to fight with people over toys. I've never had to do that, but it's pretty You're close. You're prepared to. I'm prepared to. Yeah, I'm ready. So, yeah, the anxieties and stress of Christmas all culminate in um, Jingle All The Way. So Mm-mm. that's my favourite. 
Yeah, I went to the Christmas markets this last weekend, or I think on Sunday. The weekend as well. Oh, and that's so yeah, it was a mistake. It was a very bad mistake. I could hardly walk around. Yeah. Um, it was basically obviously because I was walking past where the food stalls were. Oh. There was queues oh, on both dear. sides. Just like a single track down the middle with people trying to walk both ways. Yeah. And it was just like just pickpocket heaven. Yeah, you no. know, like snow. I got, I got a new iPhone though. Oh, fair enough. There you go. Yeah. You <laughs> know, that's, that's a joke, by the way. I didn't do that. <laughs> you, you know, uh, snow plows on trains. I think I'm gonna have to get one of those and just walk through the uh, smart walk through the the Christmas markets because there is no other way. See, the only there's... way to the only way to experience the Christmas markets is in the morning on a weekday. Ooh, I went with my yeah. girlfriend Becca last week on Tuesday morning, mm -hmm. and honestly, it was really pleasant. Oh, we, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. We there, there was, you there was mm. maybe the longest you had to queue for anything was there was one person already mm. talking to the person mm -hmm. at the stall. Um, we didn't have to queue to buy pulled pork, and we found a table immediately. Yeah, there was a couple that they were walking their puppy, and we said hi to nice. this puppy. Like it was really chilled out. Yeah, it's strange. You are, you hear these uh, conservative talking points like Britain is full, and I never believed it until I went to the Christmas markets. So the, <laughs> the only the only Christmas market advice I can give you if you don't have the time to go on a weekend if you're working is um, Xanax. I think that's probably the only other way of avoiding that. But to sort of take it to sort of my favorite Christmas film, and to sort of stick around the same theme of um, films that aren't necessarily the most Christmassy of films, and it's a hill on which I'm willing to die here, and I'm sure we could uh, sort of debate this ad infinitum, is my favourite Christmas film is Die Hard. There you, you said go. It. You said it. <laughs> and I, I wrote, I sort of said before, uh, we wrote articles about our favourite Christmas films for the most uh, recent issue of the Mankey Union, and I tweeted out the article, and I even got someone replying to me saying it wasn't a Christmas film. <laughs> because, oh. but, okay, here, first, what I'm going to do first is I'm going to justify why it's a Christmas film, okay? The reason why it's a Christmas film is because it's basically Chris Rea's driving home for Christmas with terrorists. <laughs> because all it is, is a story of a man attempting to spend Christmas with his family. Regardless of the fact it's terrorists, swearing, or violence, sort of all that stuff, all it is, is John McClane, Bruce Willis, trying to get from his job in as New York policeman to his family where they're staying in... I'm not going to know which city it's in. Which city is the setting? It's in like a, no, it's not Atlanta, but is it just generic American city? No, I think it's a specific city. Gotham, but I can't remember. <laughs> but anyway, Metropolis. Yeah, that is why I think it is a Christmas film because on the basic level, regardless of anything else that happens, it is just about Christmas, isn't it? Really, it's New York. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I just looked it up. I'm on the research panel now of this podcast. <laughs> I'm here as a permanent fixture to do the research. See, our research panel is us just um, pulling out our phones and looking for facts <laughs> as we talk. I do it all the time because yeah, yeah. I, I want to get the year right. Or we need a, we need a Jamie from the Jero yeah. podcast. <laughs> Jamie, pull, pull yo, that up. Pull yo, that up. Yo, boys, you ever, you ever done DMT on Christmas Day with some eggnog? <laughs> yo, 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 Jamie, Jamie, you seen that video of the monkey flinging his crap at Santa? Yo, yo, pull that up. Pull, pull that up. <laughs> oh, I... I Love slash hate Joe Rogan. Can I? Yeah, I was going to start doing Bernie, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the 1% of the presents. The 1% are stealing Christmas. <laughs> the 1% are the Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we should have got um, Richard, um, who came on. It must have been our third guest. Um, he, he does a really good Bernie impression. It was good to be faded after the podcast. Should have recorded it and sliced it in somewhere and, with no contact. Save it as the Christmas present. <laughs> but yeah, the reason why I like Die Hard so much is because it is the archetypal action film. 
and I think sort of that's the thing that I've seen. Obviously, I've got, I'm, I'm quite a big fan of action films. So like sort of Predator, mm. I like I like sort mm. of um, Lethal Weapon. But I think I don't think anyone's ever done it as well as John McTiernan did the first Die Hard. Mm-hmm. And also the fact it is such a iconic film in the sense that it's set up an entire new genre of sort of that lone yeah, hero yeah. fighting against the odds. And even as far as like last year with like something like Skyscraper. Oh yeah. That is basically yeah. sort of die hard yeah. in a skyscraper. And also you have stuff like speed, die hard on mm. a bus. Speed yeah. to cruise control. <laughs> that should be the tagline <laughs> on the DVD. On yeah, speed and then it says under it, die hard on a boat. Yeah. Die hard on a boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you've got um, die the hard on Ted uh, with die hard. Yes, <laughs> I love that episode. That's a great one. You've got uh, oh. uh, the uh, famous um, Samuel L. Jackson vehicle, uh, die hard <laughs> on a plane with snakes. Yeah, that's, that's a fair. good one. See, plagues on a snake. We plagues on a snake. You were saying that uh, I one of the things I remarked about Die Hard when we were talking um, about action heroes the other week, I remarked that uh, there was something quite funny about uh, Bruce Willis not being big buff and stereotypically yeah. um, macho. Mm. But that's the point of his character, right? Yeah. So um, the film that John McTiernan did before Die Hard was Predator, and obviously that has. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger in the lead role and obviously he's obviously mm-hmm. enormous and obviously at the same time you had someone like Jean-Claude Van Damme was doing a lot of action films yeah. whereas um, for Die Hard they just took uh, Bruce Willis who had pretty much fairly just been known as sort of like a kind of musical kind of he did music at one point and he was also involved in a sitcom yeah. like a sort yeah, of yeah, um, yeah. family sitcom and to take him from that and put him into the role is something that was obviously a bold decision at the time and people probably thought are you mad that's going to be awful mm-hmm. but actually it really works and i think that's sort of one of thing that speaks to me about it is the fact it is such a sort of um such a different thing to every other action film i've seen yeah. and also sort of um just a, one more thing about it is uh i'm trying to think what his name is now hans gruber alan rickman alan rickman yeah, and he's also the fact excellent. that pe- people don't really realize that that was his first ever film role He'd only ever no done theatre before that. I didn't realise that. was his first role, and it's just, I just can't. Like, it is. Imagine that being your debut. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think he has been, I think the role has been rated, like, I think it was rated on, like, was it AFI's, yeah. American Film Institute's list of 500 greatest movie villains. I'm pretty sure he was first. Yeah. Because well. it is just such an iconic villainous role. I Absolutely. Think, yeah. I think another reason Bruce Willis is best casting for that option is that he's bold, and people can see the anger of bold people on there. <laughs> You know, they can relate to that. He's from not actually bold in the first one. He's bolding <laughs> oh, in the yeah, first one. Well, uh, okay, that's a bad joke. If you want to hear some sense. weird niche <laughs> sayings, so you, you're into linguistics. Damn. My friend Ali, who's um, Turkish, um, told me um, uh, a saying when I uh, shaved my head down to... Um, I had one on the back and sides, two on the top, so I was pretty close that's, to yeah. completely yeah, shaven. And there is a, apparently a Turkish saying, which is... Um, um, Emragi Kelden, Yaragi Kelden, or something like that. They were the other way around. Which essentially means is the bold man who gives you the bread also gives you the good dick. There's something about <laughs> bold men being powerful in the bedroom and in life in Turkish culture. Yes, very niche, did but you, it's there. Did you ever look at what that saying actually means properly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It basically, basically holds up to that, yeah. Oh, okay, I thought he was just telling you some kind of phrase nope. to use. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Is he using bold conversation? by any chance? Um, no, <laughs> at least not, but he, but he always uh, shaves his hair down right oh, short. Yeah, so. yeah. I can see why now. There you I'm go. Gonna, yeah. Just for the it's sake of power. I'm just... getting a haircut right after this. <laughs> <laughs> so just for the sake of completeness, before I finish on the Die Hard train, and it's not really to do with Christmas, I just want to do my definitive ranking of Die Hard films, because uh, that's just something I like. Uh, uh, first one, third one, um, 
fourth one, second one, fifth one. Which one's A Good Day to Die Hard? Uh, fifth one. Okay. That film was really bad. That's <laughs> the only other Die Hard I've seen. No, the third one with Samuel L. Jackson, Die Hard with a Vengeance, is really good. The most, re- the second to most recent one, sort of the reboot, was Die Hard 4.0 in this country, and Die Hard, Live, no, Live Free or Die Hard in America. That one's pretty <laughs> decent. The second oh, one, yeah. just yeah. Die Hard 2, just, just doesn't hold up that well. It's sort of, they tried to do too much like the first one. L- yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Live Free or Die Hard. Oh, man. <laughs> that is... In America? That's the American title? That's, yeah. That is the American perfect. way. That yeah, is the yeah. American way. Yeah, just yeah. The Fight new... for your freedom oh, or yeah, just yeah. rigor mortis. <laughs> just the uh, New Hampshire thing, isn't it? It's the state motto of New Hampshire. Is, is it? Live free or die hard. No way. Yeah. That's New Hampshire? Yeah. That sort of seems like the most laid-back kind of area. There's a Manchester in New Hampshire, actually, so... Mm. Uh, there you go. I... I once almost bought tickets to a music show that was in Manchester before realising it was in New Hampshire, Manchester, and was almost thoroughly disappointed. <laughs> Here's a bit of a bonus fact here. That is why one of the episodes in the, I think it's the fifth season of Breaking Bad is called Live Free, because of it's the new, mm. obviously when Walter White moves away, he moves to a cabin in New Hampshire. Niche show you right there. Oh, yeah. That is extremely go. niche. And Jack, what is your favourite festive film? Uh, well, somebody's gonna have to explain to me what Christmas is before I can decide this and because I'm not <laughs> so it's basically this really commercial thing where there was basically a story once but everyone's forgotten about that and oh, right, all the shops and that yeah all the shops okay, people right. just don't. yeah so you're expected to spend a lot of money that on your family me. and friends and if you don't uh, it's frowned upon. You're shunned yeah. out of... Uh, uh, shun- Jeff Bezos was born in an Amazon warehouse and he became <laughs> sort of, yeah, the god of Christmas. Oh, okay, all right. That's I mean, he's the god in, in general, right? Yeah. You know, so... I mean, he is, yeah, and he was uh, held up by an Amazon worker who yeah, was being yeah. whipped yeah, as, I mean, as he they, held them out. You know, they say, let the free market decide. So mm. they, they clearly decided. Yeah, so the I invisible can't... hand of the market says, <laughs> you are doomed to suffer as <laughs> I whip you. Yeah, fair cool, enough. Cool if hand. you ask me, I deserve to be whipped. <laughs> there's, there's, what uh, if I like it? <laughs> I don't, but that's the point. Uh, um, I think undoubtedly my favourite Christmas film of all time is Last Christmas, the recent uh, film that's come out. Is it actually? Dead no. <laughs> I just wanted to see how long I could get Josh's dead air on this. <laughs> confusion. He just looked at me thinking... Okay, I did read an article recently, I think it was in The Guardian, uh, which would be a very me thing to to read, uh, (laughs) uh, um, about how we kind of lower our standards when it comes to Christmas films. What do you think about that? Because it was about last Christmas and it was saying, it's bad but people are enjoying it. I think it's the same with a lot of films, like some of the romantic comedies on Netflix. Mm. I think it is probably on an objective film level, sort of um, just a, sort of a cinematography score, mm. a dialogue, plot, all that stuff. Films can be objectively bad, but if they have a feel-good message, like Christmas films yeah. inevitably do, I think it's easier to film more positively about them. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one because I watched Nativity this week. It was the first mm-hmm. time I'd ever seen it, and that film is terrible. Yeah. It's actually uh, yeah. so bad. <laughs> and it didn't even make me feel that good. It was like, yeah, of course the kids are going to pull the play off and that's it. Like, th- yeah, this yeah, is yeah, the yeah, film. Yeah, 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 yeah. But some of the scenes were actually really funny. Yeah, And yeah, I yeah. love the auditions with the kids because it was so clearly unscripted. It's just kids right, 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 right. just singing. And, like, the funniest one is just this little kid singing Teenage Dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so cute and hilarious that, I don't know, the film... I kind of go, yeah, Nativity's all right, when it's actually really bad. It's, yeah. 
My favourite last Christmas thing I saw, and I think I've, t- I've talked about this with multiple people, <laughs> just because it's so utterly ridiculous, <laughs> is that uh, if you look at the um, bus advert for last Christmas, yeah. the bus that go up and down Oxford Road, for some reason there's a quote from Heat magazine, which is the hallmark of film, <laughs> yes. sort of journalism, that says, the greatest Christmas film of the decade. And it's like, what other films are there at Christmas that came out this decade that are even remotely good? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there you go. It's fine, I suppose. Yeah, they, it's it's uh, like doing, making the worst ever film about an animation about cockroaches. Oh, it's the best cockroach film since the beginning of time. It's like, oh well, yeah, because there are no other ones. Yeah, it's so oddly specific. I I like George Michael, and I like the idea that you would base, uh, you know, you would feature the music of one artist throughout uh, a film, which it's even worse that they, they messed it up that bad. I, um, I don't know, can I... I'm not going to spoil it, but just the fact that it is... It is just literal to the word of one of George Michael's songs. Really? Yeah. Oh, you've not seen it? Uh, I, I don't really intend to. But <laughs> Someone th- did, he really, did he really perform a heart transplant the year before? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you've got that joking. Please. No, someone reviewed it for us and I... <laughs> I, I, I can't believe it. I tried not to spoil it. Honestly, I tried my hardest, but yeah, yeah wow, that's... I kind of have to see it now. Just I mean, for it that. is Christmas Eve. Unless you're going watching this on Christmas Eve, I apologize. I'll stick it on but... in the background on Monday as I do some dissertation work. <laughs> no, um, someone did review it for us, and I edited the review. And I don't know what your um, take on this is, but he absolutely went in on Emma Thompson in the film. Apparently, it's the worst, most horribly sort of racially insensitive portrayal of an Eastern European lady of all time. Ever. Oh, she's Eastern European. <laughs> she's supposed so. to be Russian. Um, yeah, uh, uh, it's it's laughably poor. I thought it was uh, at first. I thought it was a like a joke that it was so bad. Like I I thought it was. This film is a parody. Well, yeah. I mean, I I basically thought like oh, she's doing like a comical. She's doing Borat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, to be fair, representation in cinema is a good, it's a positive. You got it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be good if they actually got someone who was actually Eastern European, not just yeah, Emma Thompson Emma putting Thompson. on a bad accent. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Scarlett she, Johansson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. She, she even, she even makes uh, a joke at the expense of uh, uh, the Polish at one, at one point, and. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, have they, like, have oh, they not suffered uh, enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like you're not actually Russian. I mean, maybe she's a method actor and she really got her, her head into the, <laughs> yeah, but... the the part. Like Jared Leto. Is it Leto or Leto? I've never Leto. Leto, good. Yeah, I I've never cared enough, but I think Leto. Uh, no. You see, I was thinking uh, how terrible it would be if you're a method actor and you get that invested into roles, but you just suck. You just you're just bad at acting. <laughs> I think that was a brilliant quote, and I'm pretty sure it was from Robert Patterson recently in an interview because he's been doing a lot of press for the Lighthouse. Yeah. yeah. And he was just saying like he's never met anyone who does method acting who wasn't just a complete dick. <laughs> yeah. But it's just an excuse to be okay. a dick. I mean, it, I don't think is. that's acting anymore. That's just doing the thing. That's not. I mean, there. I think acting is when you're pretending to do. But if if you just become the part so much the way you actually are an asshole then you're just an asshole. There's also, a fa- there's also a fantastic quote from, I can't remember who it is, and I will probably be shot for not remembering who it is, but it's sort of a really old school actor, and he was sort of working with this younger actor, and he was talking about, they're doing a scene where there'd just been like a fight or something, or they've just been running, mm-hmm. and the guy, um, I think it might have been Peter O'Toole actually, oh, right, and right. basically he said to this, so the younger guy was like, oh, I need to look like I've been working out, so I'm just going to run around the block five times, yeah, yeah. and then Peter O'Toole said to him, 
Uh, and then he just started breathing heavily, and he was like, oh, "What are you doing?" So I was just called acting, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably wasn't Peter at all. Probably disgraced myself there, but I'll put it in the I'll put it in the description right at the bottom. He's gonna sue you for libel. Edit. Yeah. Sorry to start the podcast. Hi, it's Josh here, editing this two weeks later. I have just come to learn that the story I just told about Peter O'Toole was completely false. It was Laurence Olivier on the set of Marathon Man who said to Dustin Hoffman, who had tried to stay awake for three days to act as an insomniac, my boy, it's called acting. Thank you, and I'll let the podcast continue. Well, well you can't lie with the dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I remember. You say that, but uh, Fine, Michael Jackson's estate. Yeah. Still, still yeah, he is a state, you're right. <laughs> oh, yeah, Michael Jackson, the state. <laughs> well, oh, oh no. There's, well, a, there's a joke there about. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you can cut that out if you want. Yeah, this, this bit might have to be cut out. <laughs> <laughs> Too dark for Christmas. We can do another pause. Like I ju- Imagine I just said Last Christmas is my favourite song. Uh, favourite favorite favorite film. Christmas. And we just raps. The, yeah. the, the outro, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> now, the, the jingle bells there were some very, sort of, very, not really even litigious, some very interesting things were said about Michael Jackson yeah, that have been edited out of this. So, um, too dark yeah, for Christmas. Yeah, too dark for Christmas. Mm-hmm. The one more thing I'd like to say about last Christmas, um, just before anyone sort of says, um, sort of defends Emma Thompson and says, oh, it's fine because she's only sort of saying what's written for her, she actually co wrote the film. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that makes it real bad. I didn't even realise that. Yeah, that's true as well, so... Involved. Oh dear, that's yeah, that's that's wonderful. Um, so, what is your real favourite Christmas film then? Um, uh, I ha- I do have a bit of a soft spot for Elf, and I think uh, people don't like it. Sometimes people don't like it, but that's because you've seen it a million times, which yeah. is a which is fair. Like, but um, it's not the movie's fault, I suppose. When you know, it's overplayed to that extent. Oh, I don't know. I think it's funny. I think it's got a bit of charm to it and uh, a bit silly. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not massive Christmas uh, film fan, um, so I should probably not be on this podcast right now. But uh... <laughs> no, but I, I'm the same. I don't really enjoy Christmas films that much uh, because I don't. As we were saying, that kind of compromise of quality over mm. the feel good mm. spirit of Christmas, I think, isn't really worth it. Which is also how I feel about horror, whereas some people go. Oh no! You can compromise quality for scariness. I'm like, no, but what makes horror yeah, scary yeah, yeah, is yeah. when it's really well thought out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, that said, Elf, I do quite enjoy. I enjoy. It. I think it's like a baseline, enjoyable film that you can have on in front of the fire. Yeah. After Christmas dinner, and maybe you know, have a chat with your family as you're watching. Yeah, it, yeah, as, yeah, or, yeah. You know, someone's opening their presents. Maybe you're like setting up a new phone. Like, it's the kind of film you can have on in the background mm, where mm. the story is so simple it yeah, has its own yeah, little yeah, yeah. twists that you yeah. all can always you know hop in and out of it as yeah. you watch it i may not be a big christmas fan but i am indeed a very large um zoe de chanel fan really uh, yeah so that's probably one of the reasons i like it so much also i think that's probably the height of will fell's comedy yeah, yeah I agree. it's sort of a peak will ferrell i think i think anchorman as well yeah stuff again overplayed. again overplayed again overplayed but uh i i did enjoy it at the time when it came out uh, I think Muppets Last Christmas is. Uh, I forgot about that one, but yeah. I need to see that. Muppets it, Last it, I Christmas. Enough of them. Is that the Muppets <laughs> doing George Michael? <laughs> I wish. I, I, in fact, if the Muppets did that, uh, if did that exact film, it would be so much better than the real Everything's film. Everything's better with the Muppets. Yeah, yeah. I think there's even a Russian uh, Muppet, isn't there? There's yeah, even the, the count. The count. The count, yeah. the count. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. You've even. You know. You don't have to. <laughs> You've already got the casting sorted there. Uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. 
right? Yes. There we go. Christmas not Carol. Muppets Last Christmas. Yeah, no, <laughs> Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, not Last Christmas. <laughs> and how much time have we got left? Because uh, got a little tangent. Only a couple on. minutes. Well, then a little opinion that I want to fit in. Not super Christmassy, but thinking of Last Christmas. I absolutely can't stand um, jukebox musicals. I'm a bit picky with musicals. I don't like Andrew Lloyd mm, Webber. Mm. Uh, yeah, me neither. But... And I thought I didn't like musicals at all, and then I watched a few, and like I really love the producers. I think it's hilarious. I love the producers. I went to see I watched the it book. yesterday. It's brilliant. Yeah. The, the, the Nathan Lane one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. And then uh, the um, I saw the Book of Mormon, and that was really Great. good. And the songs were actually, I mean, they were funny, but they were also good, witty as well. And witty, not just yeah. Yeah. So musicals are a bit hit and miss, but jukebox musicals are I just think unacceptably <laughs> bad. Like I I can't stand um, Mamma Mia. I just cannot. <laughs> And I, I don't think I'd be able to get through Last Christmas. I'll try. I'm not sure that's the reason why you wouldn't be able to get through Last Christmas. I'm sure there's... Die of boredom. Yeah, there's there's plenty more reasons why instead of that one. But I think if you Fair. got through all those other reasons, then you would get to that reason. Fair. And so what's your take on jukebox musicals? Uh, I actually quite like... There's a, a sort of mid-2000s Beatles jukebox musical called Across the Universe that not a lot of people know yes. about. I don't and know it, about it. It stars... Um, it's got uh, the main person from Westworld, Evan Rachel Wood. Oh, really? And then, mm. yeah. Then they also got the main guy who was sort of meant to be a really rising star at that time and dropped to the face of the earth, basically. I think he's in a band now. But no, it's really good. <laughs> I would highly recommend that film if you like the Beatles, although it's a bit saccharine and bleh. It's good. Where are you going? Mm. What, what about you, Jack? Um, I, I like musicals in general. I think uh, most musicals will uh, will speak to me. Just because I, I think I like music in general. If, uh, th- which is a very boring mm. thing to say. But oh, uh, that's I, 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 I like every musical. Seriously, I, I don't. I can't think of a musical I don't like. I don't know why. I, it's completely removed from the rest of my personality. But that's it. So just before we finish, um, <laughs> just uh, a one-word answer. Well, not one word. You obviously have multiple words in this. So just before we finish, to give our listeners some Christmas inspiration, because this will be on Christmas Eve. So for tomorrow. So what is the first Christmas song you should listen to on Christmas morning, with no justification at all? Go. Um, it's a effing Christmas miracle by Run the Jewels. Oh. Um, what about the darkness's effort? Uh, don't let the bells end, which is. <laughs> have you heard that one? No. You know it's the brilliant. darkness. I I haven't listened to enough of the darkness. I will. Um, Crazy. E- I think I'll echo that. I think that's one I was going to go for as well. <laughs> so I would recommend tomorrow morning when you wake up, Great when you're present, put on the darkness. Don't, don't let the bells, the bells end. end. <laughs> so thank you very much for listening. We'll be back on New Year's Eve with our end of decade roundup. So it's a Merry Christmas from me. Merry Christmas from me, too. And also a Merry Christmas from me. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week.